How's it going, everybody? This is Nathan Winterstein, and I'm here with Fins and Feathers Podcast, and, you know, we're going to do the intro, a little intro now. Um, Tyler's not going to be on this one. It's just me by myself, and I'm joined with the guys from Off The X Podcast, and, you know, in true Off The X fashion where everything goes crazy, um, I'm actually doing the intro, and Tyler calls me, and we jump right into the podcast, so check it out right now. I'll holler at you guys later. Good morning. Hey, can you hear me, Tyler? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you guys good. We're, we're, we're doing good. That's awesome, man. The Tyler that I usually podcast with, he wasn't able to be here tonight, so it's actually just going to be me. And it's Okay. You, it's All right, that works for us. It's you and Forrest, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, It'll be a little less confusing without two Tylers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't even thought about that, too. I just looked at my phone, and it's ringing Tyler, and I'm like... That's not the Tyler I know. <laughs> yeah, so basically I just wanted to get you guys on here and talk a little bit about, you guys already talked about it on your podcast, but, you know, I've been to Arkansas once, and um, the other Tyler, he's been there three or four times, and we got friends that go there every year, but, like, I brought it up to them. I was like, man, did y'all see this crazy thing about the water? And they're like, well, what about the water? So I just thought that was a pretty cool man. thing that y'all brought up. Are, are you recording now or are we just like pre doing stuff uh yeah i mean i hit the record button like three seconds like literally literally about a minute (laughs) like i hit record okay well i mean yeah screw it you know i'm on episode three you guys are on like episode (laughs) 10 you guys got this figured out now no we do not no no we're we're still learning every day (laughs) we have to edit all the time yeah yeah, uh, that's what I was doing before I came over here to Forest. I'm editing the episode we recorded Monday. So, uh, Tyler, do you want to go into like just a brief overview of what the Game of Fish is doing? Yeah, so uh, what the Game of Fish is doing here in Arkansas is on Bioview, Hurricane, and Biomeda. They are going to, well, been, since, I guess since last year, they have uh, not been holding water. If it floods up, it floods up natural, and then as everything falls out, it just falls out behind it. And this next year, that's what they're going to be doing on Biomeda. And uh, normally in Biomeda, the water level is, let me pull it back up here. I just have my phone. It's uh, normally at 180, that's 180 feet. Uh, this next year, they're going to drop it a foot, which put it at 179. And then at, uh, on the 2022, 2022, 23 season, they're going to drop it to 178.5. So 178 or not this year. It's about 179 this year and next year. So, I mean, and if you go on their website and look at it, I mean, uh, go ahead. At 179, they say it's supposed to be good. Okay. Um, at 178.5, which is just, I mean, we're talking half a foot, it says most ditches and sloughs deep enough to boat and most boat ramps become serviceable. So at that point, you know, every boat ramp you can get in, you can, you know, you can get around a little bit. Uh, but once it drops to 178, it's water in most sloughs and ditches and entering into lower elevations in the woods. So barely, barely in the woods at 178. So at this point, you're you're basically hunting whatever's water is just there all year round. Yeah. Like you're not actually really even getting it. Uh, 177, 177.5, uh, water beginning to break out of sloughs and lower ditches. And I'm reading this like directly off the game and fish. Uh, a waterfowl report from January of 2021. Uh, so it's easy to go in and find just what the Game of Fish recommends for water levels, when to go in and when to not be there. 
176 water breaking into sloughs and lower ditches. So at 176 is basically like you're better use a kayak or a P-Row or something. Uh, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of lower units knocked off in, the, in two years from now. Because, I mean, we ran through it last season and we were hitting stuff in the main channel last season. So, yeah. I mean. What, what part of Biomeda did you hunt when you were down here last night? Uh, we hunted the, it's the one right below the reservoir. I can't, I think they call it the upper, maybe. Upper value? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we put in at, and I actually blew my engine up second day there, so I know what you mean about blowing <laughs> oh, up those engines. Goodness. Uh, Yeah, so I kind of had like a shitty <laughs> week back hunting in Arkansas, so I don't know what you guys talk about. That place sucks. Uh, <laughs> we we have that most weeks also and we live here <laughs> yeah that's i mean it, yeah that's i mean that's one thing that was kind of interesting about this is that like i mean basically for i mean up here we have nothing like we have wmas but they have like crappy ponds that are built on them that they never manage and they're just trash with lily pads so like but all, most y'all's right. WMAs, y'all the the water has been backed up because of a man-made dam correct <laughs> Is that how they're controlling the water? I'm, I don't know about most of them. Uh, yeah, most of the time what they're doing on these WMAs is they have a way to put boards in, gates in to control the water level to a certain point, and then after season they'll pull all that and drain the water off and try to keep the trees from dying on it. But, uh, you know, we've had these floods coming in in the past few years whenever these trees are starting to come back to from, their, from being dormant and – it's just it's wreaking havoc on them. So, which that that is really the issue. It's not the water being on them during the season. It's when we've had all this big rain in the the spring, correct? That, and we can't get the water off. So that that's the main issue is getting water off when it needs to be off. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say. I think Freddie King because I read like his big long spill he put on Facebook. I don't I don't know if it was in his retriever trainer group or if it was just on his public Facebook, but he was very vocal about that was the problem that the problem was the water being on there from march to october not the months during duck season so that's kind of right that's right that's kind of what i was wondering like do y'all was if it if it's a man-made dam holding that water in if it's just not letting it flow out fast enough because i mean my extent of arkansas is two days in bayou Mita and that's it <laughs> yeah no it, it's really it's it's because in the off season i mean in the spring and all that we've been having these these big floods and i mean in 20 what was 2018 we had i mean right down from the house from us it was yeah. over the road here for over a week and we have had some water in the spring yeah so i mean that, i mean we've it's, it's not normally like that in which you know what we listened to the game and fish they got on and then done a uh, youtube video like what two, two in the afternoon it was, yeah it was like and, two uh, two forty five or three o'clock because i was waiting in the car line and i was like well who's gonna be listening to this yeah i mean we were trying to trying to get everybody who could to listen to it and i mean they're they're just talking really about watching this stuff happen to these trees since 2014 and now then all of a sudden 2021 when these things are they're they're either dead or they're they're on their way out there's they're not you can't save them at this point now then all of a sudden we're going to start trying to do something about it and i mean you talk about concentrating hunters right i mean you get you're giving you get you out of state guys they're knocking y'all's days down when you can come y'all got 30 days that y'all can hunt in arkansas do you know all do you know all the the non-resident license stuff that you're supposed to have like off the top of your head uh, I don't know it all, but the boys I went with, they knew it. So I just kind of handed my card to a lady at Webbs and was like, here, I want everything <laughs> they just got and anything extra that will avoid a ticket. You were in DeWitt then if you were at Webbs. 
Yeah, we were. They, <laughs> You're in DeWitt. Yeah, we we drove. Uh, they stayed. They stayed down there a couple times, and then we stayed. Last time we stayed right outside. Like, I mean, I think I could see. Uh, I think I could see Max from where we stayed last time. We were all the way up there this last year when I was down there. Um, but yeah, they stay in DeWitt some, but they only hunt by Yumiya, and that's another thing. Like, I think this is going to cause a lot of public hunters to go, you know, to those white, those other areas that I don't think they go to as much as they just go to them WMAs like by Yumiya. Right, and I mean, I I feel like for for the out of state guys that are coming in for them for them thirty days, and then all of a sudden we're going to drop these water levels down and make it even concentrate hunters even more. I mean, it's the out of state guy's going to he's going to be uh, have a target on his back definitely here in, here in Arkansas because I mean these the guys that hunt public land religiously are you know they don't really like to share so no and I always had to get up and go take care of kids kid. Yeah, and I honestly didn't experience any of that when I was there for the days. Like, we hunted the last week of January, and honestly, it was horrible. I mean, I think I hunted two days out of my boat, and then I walked. We, they walked in one day, but I mean, I think we worked like one group of mallards. But, it, I mean, that was probably more to the location we were hunting. Was probably They were just hunting their they had mm-hmm. waypoints, and they were going to go there no matter what we – I mean, that's just what we hunted was those waypoints. And I'm not going to say whether that was right. the right thing or the wrong thing, but that's what we hunted. Um. <laughs> But, like, we didn't, like, I mean, I never seen that, like, extreme, you know, competitiveness for a whole. I mean, I don't even think we ever had anyone that close to us. That's probably a bad sign. Yeah, now, if you hunt, if you hunt by me during the week, it's not near as competitive as it is on the weekend. Like, during the week, you'll pull up to a ramp, and there'll be, like, four boats there. And then you pull up to the same ramp on the weekend, and there's, like, 60 boats there. Yeah, so, we, I mean, yeah a, we hunted Monday to Friday. We didn't hunt a weekend, so that was probably a big thing about it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. If, if we have our choice of it, that's what we're going to try to do is hunt the week. And, you know, when we all get off work and get in there together, but the weekend is just, it, it brings out everybody. So, yeah. Are y'all, are y'all thinking about trying anywhere else, like hunting on the wide or something like that? No, I actually had a question. Why I was going to have you guys on here because, like, I, what I've always heard, and I don't know if other out of state guys or if they hear this, but I've always heard the white is like, it's a rough river to get on. It's not something the play with is what i've always been told and i don't know if that's just to keep people off of it or if that's honestly if it's kind of a rougher river to get on uh yeah it really is it's, it's it can get uh it can get pretty wild on the white for sure um you kind of have to know where you're going and what you're looking for when you're doing it. you don't want to get out there and just hang out i mean we've seen we've seen trees just scatting down the river they're like uprooted and the whole tree just going as fast as you are in your boat so and you can feel the current underneath you when you're in your boat and in the white when it's up and moving. Okay, yeah, that was kind of interesting because that was something like we – I went over and I looked at it. No, I looked at the cache. The cache. We were we stayed near the cache. If mm-hmm. I think I'm right. If you're up near Stuttgart, the cache is kind of back over there to the east a little bit. Um, so we went mm-hmm. over to the it one day and we just kind of looked at it. But we had two guys beside – we had two or three guys beside of us and they hunted it every single day all their boats. And, I mean, they didn't act like they had any trouble in the cache. So is the cache kind of the same way with the white? Uh, no, I don't think the cache is near as as, as yeah, as much flow and as, as rough as what the white can be. Now, you know, right before something breaks out of its banks, it's really going to be rolling. But, I mean, we've been on the cache quite a bit. and They've got, got flow to them. Yeah, but I feel like the white's a lot worse than what the cache is. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's just a, it's a bigger river. Now, the, the cache might get faster at times, I feel like, because it's more narrow. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the white's pushing more water. It feels like it's just got more force to it. Yeah. 
But I mean, with the way the seasons have been for the past year or two, I mean, we haven't really had to worry about that. <laughs> no, not at all. What are, what are we talking about? <laughs> I've missed yeah, of course, I had to get up and go take care of a kid. But, well, we hit on the white. Like, if he asked, you know, if the white was as rough as what they'd heard, if that was just kind of like to keep people off of it. All the rivers you have to be careful with because there's current. Uh, if you're driving an outboard, you probably have to be more, you know, aware of what's going on because you can hit a roller which a roller is just a tree coming down the river that sometimes you cannot see and sometimes you can see it. Uh, you hit one of those, knock a lower unit off, then you're stranded, you know, and you're just at the mercy of the river. Uh, and like Tyler said, if it's about to break out of the banks, that's when it's going to be at its worst. And if that's, that's when there's going to be the most trash coming down also. Uh, but it's not like there's stumps in it that you're going to hit on the white. I think that's more likely in the cache mm-hmm. that you're going to hit a stump or a sandbar or something like that, depending on what, section of the cash you're in I, I i am personally not that scared of it as long as i've got something bigger than a nine horse motor i'm fine <laughs> I'm, I'm okay to get out there uh but yeah that's how i feel about the cash and plot yeah because i mean we hunt rivers up here that's all we have we have you know we have the high river the hunt which is fairly big up here and then we got a feeder river the canal that runs through west virginia that we hunt and during like the past couple duck seasons been low, but I've seen it get up and get rolling. And I mean, we're used to having that big stuff in there, but I didn't, I didn't know, like we don't normally have a hard current. We just, it just depends because a lot, we, we have a lot controlled river and it can, they can do, they can right. control it pretty well or they can let it get out of hand pretty quick. Yeah. And I've, I've seen guys put in, put their boats in, you know, we've got on the high, there's one ramp you can, the way the water gets, it'll like swirl into, the road it goes down to the ramp, and you can put in when the ramp when it's I think twenty feet up or more. You can still get your boat wow. in. And I mean, those guys are idiots. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're a lot more mad at them than you are, huh? But uh, do they kill duck? Yeah, they do. But I can walk to where they're going <laughs> and take a kayak, so I'm not really that concerned about taking my boat two hundred yards and cutting in some trees, cutting in through some trees. Oh, okay, well, there you there. go. Uh, yeah, that was a little honey hole we found last year, I think. I think, yeah, last year we found it, but we didn't. It's like a weird ditched out drain that when the river gets to about 20, 23 to 28 feet up on that section, it just fills it up and they love it. So well, we haven't had high water, flood water here in a few years. Yeah. Fingers crossed this year would be different. <laughs> It'll actually get up out of the bank and go out of there. We're going to have to have rain <laughs> up north for sure. Yeah, because you guys, you guys are central located, right? And then you guys are you guys have started hunting the east the east part of Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. That's that right. Correct? That's that's the most popular. That's that's right. That's, that's kind of the most popular. What people think of when they think of Arkansas is that White River, the Biomeda, Cache River Refuge, all that stuff is really what a lot of people think of, and that's more east Arkansas. It takes it takes me an hour and a half to get there. It takes Barrett an hour. Barrett's a little faster. <laughs> it's got a lift to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just had to go back to Arkansas and pick up my boat uh, like three three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I think. And it took me, I actually drove to Louisville the first night, but it took me 22 hours round trip down and back. So, and that was to, that was well, whenever it, Cuz's outboards place to pick it up from. Okay. Pick it up from Cuz. Well, whenever you come 22 hours, I hope you smoke them. <laughs> I yeah. hope you kill every duck you shoot at. Well, that was round <laughs> trip, and that one that one sucked. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it was awful. I th- think <laughs> it, I think I left it two thirty from Louisville. I mean, it was just is miserable by myself just to go get a stupid boat that Andrew mm-hmm. blew up in February one. So, man, golly, 
the day. Do y'all, do y'all not have a lot of outboard places up there closer to home? Well, it was I bought it from Cuz, and it was one of his engines. So I just like oh. I was in Arkansas when I broke it. So I might as well take it back to him mm-hmm. and let him fix it because I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have boat people up here like y'all have down there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a a religion down here. Being able to soup up a twenty five. We like to tear stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we got guys that'll they'll work on stuff, but I don't I don't think they put it back together like you guys do. Um, but so like I think I I was just wanting I'm trying to find this question I had. Um, with it, with them lowering that water and stuff in a couple of years, like, do you think it's ever going to come to where they just close out the WMAs and just shut it down for like a year or two to see if it changes? I don't think so because what they're doing they're all they're if it floods on its own, just natural flooding, that's fine. They're going to let it do that. And it's water area to begin with. So if the river floods, it's going to flood. Uh, they just usually put gates in. And I think Biomeda has a pump, but they're not pumping this year. But they're just not putting the gates in to help it flood and hold water back. Like if you had just a small flood at the beginning of season in previous years, They'd put the gates in, hold the water so that you had water for an extended amount of time instead of just when the river had it flooded. So now it's going to, the rivers will have to flood to flood these areas that they're trying to protect. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense. I just didn't know if they were, with it being the floods are actually coming in the spring. It sounds like, it sounds like to everyone, including you guys, that the, the floods that are actually hurting are coming in the spring when those trees are actually starting to grow again. That's right, that's right. Yeah, my wife's a, a um, horticulturist. Is that the right word? Yeah. So, like, I like I like showed her all this stuff, and I was like, "Hey, explain all this to me." Um, Why did you have her on the podcast tonight? Yeah. <laughs> she might uh, school us in this because it's uh, <laughs> it is nine thirty, and she's probably watching TikTok laying in bed. If I was the guest, <laughs> I, mean, I hear that. Yeah, I know. Me and Forrest are by no means any professionals on any of this stuff. We just yeah. reading what they're putting out, and it's a lot of contradictory to each other so well I, yeah, the, the one thing that bothered me go ahead well what i was gonna say is you guys are like the i mean besides freddie king and i should have knew he'd said something but like you're the only people i've seen say something about it i mean i don't know how many out-of-state guys actually watch the dnr in arkansas to see what's going on down there it just depends on how close they are there's a lot of people from memphis that that seem to flood yeah. over here when it's time to hunt um I don't even remember. Oh, what I was going to say was the in the press release they were talking about the white or the red oaks being this major food source for the birds. Like that's why the birds come down here is for the food source of the, the oak trees and hardwoods and everything. And in my head, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense because they don't have that food source until they get down here. So what are they eating before they get here? They, yeah. They'll eat whatever they can eat. Now we have all these crop fields. We have all these managed places. The hardwoods aren't necessarily like the food for the birds. Yes, it is food, but it's in my mind, it's primarily shelter to the birds. Mm -hmm. Now, if we have a bunch of dead fall and trees die out, we're going to have aquatic vegetation that's going to grow up in there. And it's more stuff like what you'd see gadwalls landing in, but it's still going to be a shelter place for the birds. It's not going to be near as pretty as what hardwood forest is, but the excuse of keeping the food source of the red oaks, for the for the ducks, I, I that bothered me because I'm like they've got food. That's not the reason that we're doing this. There's a different reason other than just food. Yeah, I mean, like 
you drive anywhere in Arkansas or north of Arkansas into any of those states, I mean, there's food all the way down. I mean, our ducks, mm-hmm. I mean, we, our ducks around here, they usually, I mean, we're usually seeing ducks feed in either corn, beans, or the, I mean, they got to go to the river for something in the creeks. I mean, we don't even, we don't have that much crop around us for the birds. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you look back, I mean, even probably 10 years and the amount of farms between Missouri and Arkansas that were flooding corn for ducks was probably a handful of farms, if that. And now then, I mean, there are probably 20 or 30 guys that's got flooded cornfields and, you know, that's what they want to hunt. But uh, I meant to go on and check out Tony Vandemore did a study up on habitat flats. So if he flooded up one section of land of corn like early season and let the birds sit in it all season long. And then he flooded up another portion of land whenever uh, they had a, a big cold front. And then at the end of all that, they drained water off of it and then harvested it and seen what the difference was in it. And there wasn't, there wasn't even a 20% difference in how much food those ducks had eaten off of it. But I think it's just the thermal cover that it gives them. Yep. compared to sitting in a rice field or sitting in a bean field. And, I mean, soybean field, whenever you put water on it, you've got just very limited time before those beans go to ferment and spoil them, and the birds won't even eat them anyway. Or they do, and that's why they act all funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that too. I, what, what you made me think of, Tyler, was um, Rusty Creasy's place. Mm-hmm. He always posts videos. I mean, they smoke the ducks. It's the Coca-Cola duck woods. Uh-huh. They're hunting in the woods. But he's planting rice in the woods. Yeah. So are the ducks coming for the rice or are they coming for the woods? Coming for the uh, the protection of the woods, but they're coming for that rice. And they're eating the rice. That's yeah. right. So don't, I don't like, like, it goes back to what I was just saying. Don't give me the excuse that the redwoods are feeding the, or the hard oaks, or whatever it is, redwoods, red oaks. <laughs> I'm getting my words mixed up here. The red oaks are a primary food source for the ducks. Don't tell me that because I don't think that that's fully true. I think it's primarily a shelter place for the birds than it is food. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I've killed, I've killed more wood ducks that's had acorns in their, in their crawl than I have mallards. That's right. That's, that's what right. I was about to say. I, I can see the wood ducks. That, that's food for them, but I don't see mallards really feeding in there. I mean, that's maybe more of a loaf, hide, a hideaway for the day. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they definitely eat the acorns, but it's, it, it, that's, that's just what bothered me was the Game of Fish using that excuse. Yeah, and they're also using the excuse of the red oaks. Well, if you look on the U of A's website where they talk about their arborists and they talk about the uh, the tolerance of oaks in water, and the red oak is the least tolerant oak tree that there is. I mean, that'd be like saying, well, we're going we're gonna to not do anything over – four foot tall gate because the dogs can't jump it. Well, the only dog can't jump it's a wiener dog, so <laughs> everything else will be fine. So, I mean, you've got wood oaks and pin oaks and everything else that they are very tolerant of floodwaters. So, I feel like just saying, hey, it's the red oaks. Well, you look on their website and that's the, the least tolerant of floodwaters out there. But that's, that's just my opinion of it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them, like, I mean, if they're going to do this study, why, I mean, why don't they do some type of, like, I mean, are they trying to, like, go in and plant anything? Are they trying to seed it themselves, or are they just trying to let it naturally fix itself? I mean, if it if it's that big of a deal and it's just the red oaks, why not just go in and do a plant system in areas? Yeah, I mean, that, that, as far as I know, they're not trying to go in and plant anything. They're just trying to let the seedlings take off and 
see what happens because I think it was in Dagmar. In Dagmar, they were talking about how they had done this for a couple of years and that the, the saplings or the smaller red oaks had started coming back in these areas. But along with them, you're also going to get a lot of, of briars and underbrush that is, that's going to choke out those oaks before they can reach a mature age and start producing acorns. But I think unless they go in and they, you know, in some of these small areas, start planting oaks and letting them take off, I mean, you're you're going to be in trouble in the future, which, you know, if you listen, if you look at Freddie King's post the one you're, you're referencing, I mean, he, he's saying it's all a, it's all a conspiracy from the government to, you know, cut in on our second amendment rights and take guns away. And which, I mean, there, there may be some truth to it. <laughs> you know, he tends to kind of get enough people. And, yeah. He tends to go far right at moments. And just get get out there in his conspiracies, but I mean, he's still a great, funny guy to listen to. Oh yeah, and I mean, Freddie Freddie's been around duck hunting for long enough. I mean, he he's seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But uh, I mean, and I had a I had a thought in my head, and I, I completely lost it <laughs> on that. Um, yeah, I I don't remember what it was. Well, I know <laughs> that. Uh, can I believe is the one that's worst off? We call it Hurricane here. Everybody mm-hmm. else is gonna call it hurricane. I don't know exactly why we call it that. We pronounce it that way. This is how we pronounce it. Local. Yeah. That's how we tell who's who. But it, it is one of the like top places to go duck hunting. There's always people hunting in it. There's always ducks being killed in it. And it's one of the ones that's the, that's the worst off as far as the Yeah, they the, have a lot the of dead ball. So the ducks are still coming to it. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, the ducks are still going to come to these areas if they're if they're migrating this far down. I mean, we're just not seeing as cold weather as what we used to have. I mean, yeah. used to you had just blue northerns that blew in, and mm-hmm. I mean, it would it'd be I can, I can remember busting ice and walking on top of ice out in the middle of the duck hole. And I can't yeah. tell you the last time that it's been it's, it's been, been deep in the, or hard enough freeze for it to do that here. Yeah, I and, mean, I mean, it. Yeah, I drove through. I think it was four or five years ago on my way to Texas, and. It, like I drove through an ice, like a little bit of an ice on my way in, and you guys were covered in ducks. I mean, there were mallards sitting on the rice fields like crazy. And then this past year, I don't even mm-hmm. know if I've seen a mallard sitting out on a rice field. I I can remember in the past going through Stuttgart, and just every field that you passed that had water in it had birds just covering it. Yeah. And I, it's not like that anymore. There's select fields that you'll go past now that always have birds in them, but you'll pass a bunch of others that has a lot of water to it, and there's not a duck out there. Yeah, I mean, for for the out of state guys that are coming here now, all the fields that you drive by and see snows and specks in now, and the, and the numbers you see them in, I feel like when we were younger, that's the way yeah. the mileage were. Yep. Like I remember driving the Max, and just in the ditches on the side of the road, it was just green heads. Yeah. So you I didn't mean, know what you didn't know what the road looked like on the way to Stuckin. No, I, I really don't know how I made the trip half the time because yeah. I'm I didn't look out the windshield much. Yeah, I did, like last year when I took because I took my boat over on Thursday and dropped it off in Little Rock, and I drove back on I don't even know what road that'd be that comes in the Stuttgart. I felt like I seen more mallards north up there outside of Little Rock than I did when I got back towards Stuttgart. I was seeing mallards sitting on the flooded water, pintails out on the flooded water, and then when I got down that way, I'd see the shovelers and stuff like that. But I wasn't seeing those mallards still in the water in those fields around Stuttgart. Yeah, and I mean there's 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 a ton of pressure around Stuttgart too, just because it's the you know duck capital of the world, or mallard capital of the world. Yeah. So I mean those those birds are they get a good education down here if they hadn't already got it on their way. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna like 
back to do you think it's going to hurt the amount of out-of-state hunters that come knowing that they're going to limit the that the water is going to be limited down or do you think guys are still going to come and just pack in tighter or spread out onto the, the cash and the white well y'all only got like i don't know if y'all talked about this earlier but before i had to go get my kid um y'all have 30 days that y'all can hunt on the wmas and it's split up into three 10-day segments and you have to pay a non-resident five-day water or WMA waterfowl permit, which is $30 and 50 cents. Why they tack on the extra 50 cents? I have no idea. That's a duck. Paperwork. Just That's make it 30 bucks. Paperwork. <laughs> I mean, process and see. Okay. Whatever. I'm, I, my, my brain is not smart enough for that $30 and 50 cents. But anyhow, y'all have all those regulations just to hunt the WMAs. If I was an out of state hunter, there's no way that I would hunt a WMA. I would be like, well, I'll just either pay my money to go on a guided trip or I'm going to be on the cash of the White River NWR. One of those two. I think a lot of what Biomita has such a draw to it is all these outdoor riders and everybody talking it up through the years of how amazing it is. And, you know, I mean, you talk to anybody from out of state as a duck hunter and they're like, oh, you hunt Biomita? Like, that's their first question. And it's, I think it's all because it's just romanticized yeah. so much. I've been in Balmeda twice in my whole life. Twice. Once was last year, and then once was like 12 years ago in college. 13 years. Yeah, 13 years ago in college. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling, like, looking at the license plates, license plates as we were, like, unloading boats and stuff. It was Iowa, Kansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were very few Arkansas. And if there wasn't Arkansas, honestly, we seen them when we were leaving. And a lot of them were just scouting real quick, and then they were leaving. I think they were just coming there, just checking something they wanted to look at, and then they were leaving late in the day. I honestly feel like for most of the, the Arkansas hunters, that Biomeda is just like everybody thinks, oh, man, that place is just so crowded. There's no way I'm going there when I can go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, because you don't have a shell in it on the White River or, you know, I think where's the other one? Is it um, uh, Rath Creek? Do they have a shell limit up there? Oh, remember. there's a bunch of them that have shell limits, I'm pretty sure. But none of the ones we hunt. I mean, we hunt a pretty good. Well, I mean, we stayed on woods. NWRs most yeah. of the time last year, and they don't have a shell limit. But, but I think for your local guys, they're like, I mean, I can go over here and carry as many shells as I want to and yeah. not have to worry about having an extra shell rolling around in a blind bag or in a pocket that I wasn't, worried, that I wasn't aware of and getting caught with it. So, yep. you know, I think it's minimizing your, your footprint to green jeans. <laughs> yeah i mean that's what that's actually one law that you guys have that i wish west virginia would pick up was the wmas having a shell limit i mean you think you think you like you're like oh that's the stupidest rule ever but it gets a little out of hand up here with some of our wmas oh i mean it's out of hand here too i, I mean I, the shell limit usually doesn't bother me i've only actually shot my full amount of shells in one of those wmas once and that was 15 shells and i shot all 15 just one day uh but most of the time, it doesn't bother us because, I mean, we wait till they're in the decoys. It's, we're not. Yeah, it's know, the guys that are shooting, you know, the, the treetop birds that are, that are just flying by, shooting. you know, and the wood duck shooters. Those are the ones that, that are like, man, I just really, really need all the shells I can get to try to hit these birds that, that are not decoying. And, I mean, which we, we, we pass up a lot of shots just because they're not in the decoys. And, I mean, I'm not going to say we don't shoot wood ducks because we do, but normally they're. They're trying to get into the decoys at first light, or they trying to dip in. We don't normally just shoot at them to be shooting at them when they're flying by, because normally there's mallards in the air flying 
behind them at some point in time. Yeah, that was something I've kind of learned from listening to your, your all's podcast and stuff and talking to some of the other locals down there is a lot of guys don't shoot at the wood ducks. I mean, the guys I was with, they busted shells at them like crazy, which I didn't care. I had my dog, and it got to retrieve something that day, so it was a plus point. But um, Yeah, so I mean, you we We've got, like, two WMAs up here, and, like, our early season was October 1st, the 12th, and all it is is wood ducks. And, I mean, it is – I mean, I've heard – a hundred plus shots in one WMA. And that's just like, I mean, it's it ridiculous. Not. Oh, it's bad. Like there's tiny WMAs compared to what you guys have. I think our biggest, one, that's one thing that we do. Go ahead. Our biggest one. is like 700 acres. I think I have it written down here. Yeah. 700 acres is our biggest WMA. Wow. <laughs> that That is one good thing about the game of fish. We do have a lot of places to public hunt. I will say that's one thing that has been done exceptionally well in Arkansas. Yeah, you guys have a bunch. Like I, I, I used the Onyx last year, downloaded it, and I downloaded the uh, Biomeda section and used it. And it, I mean, it worked really well. But yeah, you guys got a lot of public areas when it comes to like using Onyx and looking at all the stuff y'all have to hunt. Yeah, if you're an out of stater and you're coming to Arkansas to hunt WMAs, you definitely need to you need to look at your areas you're going to hunt and go ahead and download those maps because there's a lot of areas here that you don't have enough service to pull up a map or do anything. Once you get here, you know, that way you can mark your truck and your boat ride in or your walk in because it's, it's easy to get turned around down here. Sure, all these all the trees look the same. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty easy to get turned around in the in that water pretty quick. I, go ahead. No, I, I, no, go ahead. You're good. I was, I was going to say, <laughs> as far as the WMAs, uh, before I had Onyx, I, I liked using the, the maps that they have on the Game and Fish website, uh, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. They have a a map of all the WMAs, and Biomedas is pretty good because it's kind of sectioned off into you know upper value, lower value, government cypress, bucking and flats. It, you can you can find your way in and out of places fairly easily uh, on that on that WMA. I feel like, but now when y'all come over, if y'all were to go say let's let's hunt the cash or let's hunt the white, that's a totally different animal. I feel like. You, you have to have the Onyx for those places because those maps are terrible <laughs> on their yeah. little permits that they have. Like, it's nothing. But they're also just so big, and it's just – it's not managed. It's just an area to – you know, you have to find your way. Yeah, and I think one of you guys were talking about um, using the Google Maps um, on your podcast when you brought up talking about the water levels and stuff and something I was going to say to you guys – have you ever used it on the computer and then used the date thing where you can roll back to like different times of the year and stuff to be able to find like where water I is actually flooded? I tried and tried to do that. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've tried it for fishing stuff. Um, but I can't get it to work on my computer or my phone. I don't know. I can, I've never been able to figure it out. Like why in the world I can't get find that exact thing. But yes, if, if you can do that to show... Oh, this year it was low water and there's still a ditch right here that has water coming in and out of these woods. Oh, okay. This is a high water year and the water got up to, you know, this section of the woods, man. Yes, that would, I would, I could spend a week just playing with that app if I could figure out how to actually do it, (laughs) but I haven't been able to figure it out yet. Yeah. And I mean, even between Onyx and Google maps, I mean, and Apple maps, they, they fly over and shoot those shots different times of the year. So, I mean, one area might be complete canopy in summertime when one when one 
flies over and then the next one will be wintertime with no canopy and it looks completely different. A lot of times we'll all three pull up a different different map of the same area and look and see what's different on each one. And I mean, that helps a lot. But like what Nathan's talking about, because I've seen it on when I was looking at fishing stuff. Yeah, that's what we use it for is fishing. That's what I've used it up here for. Right. Rolling back on lakes and finding like ledges and stuff. Exactly. Finding those, those uh, underwater points and everything. But yes, if, if you can, I would, I would do the exact same thing for duck hunting. Exactly the same way. You have to do it on a desktop, don't you? Yeah, I think you got to be on a desktop to do it. I'll try to see if I can remember how to do it tomorrow. Yeah. And if I can, I'll screenshot it and send a picture of it to you. Like where you click at. Yeah, I've, I've seen people use it on the desktop on YouTube, but I don't have a desktop. So <laughs> <laughs> on my phone, it doesn't have that. And on my, my laptop, I haven't been able to figure it out on there either. So I'm just, I'm not going to buy a desktop just to do that. But it should that's work a, on a laptop. An, Excellent resource. I'm a, I've got mine out right now. I might play with it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what, I mean, my work computer, I mean, technically it's a laptop on a remote desktop. So it's the same thing. Yeah. And I was looking back at our message that we've been, we've been talking back and forth on and you had asked about what all this low water is going to do to hunting pressure. Uh, especially, and you know, that, and with the out of state guys coming in a certain amount of time, a lot of times, a lot of the, a lot of the guys here that are local, they will avoid those WMAs that that have all the out-of-staters coming in on certain dates. They'll avoid those those WMAs, but I do feel like the with the water levels being dropped, it's gonna it's gonna create a lot more pressure because it's gonna be easier to find those pockets that are holding. But I think you can still get away from it just by going deeper into the woods and just finding those little creeks that are going up in there that a beaver's dammed up and is holding back more water. So, I mean, which we've got a lot of points that, you know, when we put, when we take them, we'll mark them and say beaver dam or, you know, backed up water or whatever, just to, just to be able to reference that on a low water year. <clears throat> but I, I do feel like the pressure is not, maybe not this year, but next year, I feel like next year will probably be, be a lot of pressure. And the, and the competition will be a lot different down in Biomeda for sure. Yeah, and that's actually the year I'll probably get to come back. We'll be in two years, so that's outstanding. I'll probably try to find somewhere else to go. Um, <laughs> Man, the White River, is, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, well, I don't even – I'd have to pull up Google Maps to figure out where it is in Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I tried to get – I tried to – when I went and picked up my boat, I sent Freddie King a message, and I was like, hey, I'm driving to Arkansas – by myself i have nothing else to do um it's gonna be like i think it was y'all's opening weekend of till i'm like if you guys need someone to take photos or run a video camera i was like i know how to do both those things i've done it for a while now just like let me know if you got room i'll buy a hotel and just tell me where to meet you guys at and he was like oh we're full and i was like damn it <laughs> yeah i mean they, i don't know where they've got them as piece of private ground at but they are they're doing pretty good with it right now I know last year we talked to Jonathan Morton, and uh, I, what did he say? He hunted, four, he hunted public land four times last year? He didn't hunt public land once last year. Oh, well, he didn't. Rick hunt hunted one. public land once. <laughs> so if that tells you the difference between public and private here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's one person that is going to benefit from all this is all the private land, and probably the um, probably the guides are going to get a lot of – I think they're going to get a lot of business out of this. Yeah, I think they're going to get a ton of business from – the out-of-state hunters, especially when, you know, when you get X amount of days of vacation, you either come over here and spend a week and hunt them for, try to find the birds for three days and then hunt them two days and then you're driving back home or you can go pay an outfitter and, you know, be on birds almost every day. So, I, I, But the guys I think I, they're going to get are going to be the walk-in hunters everywhere because, I mean, if the water's not coming back as far, it's going to double their walk, triple their walk-in. 
And I mean, I think a boat guy, I mean, I think a boat guy will either just go tough it out in crappy hunting conditions if he's going to drive that far or he's going to go, you know, to the cache or the white or go find somewhere to hunt. There are still going to be WMAs that are going to flood, though. Yeah, I'm Grass Creek will still flood. Ed Gordon will still flood. These places that have, that they manage fields, the game fish manages fields for, those places will still have water. So that though they will just get that much more crowded there also. Yeah. So I don't want to keep you guys on here all night long. I mean, we've been on here for 40, 44 minutes already on my side. Uh, I'm, you're good. I can talk duck hunting all night. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably like me. I think I've the, my longest podcast so far was I do with that, um, with that, um, KES call company that I do it with. And I'm trying to get you guys some call sent. I'm going to see how that works out. I think, I think I've got two coming your way. I got to double check that and get an address. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah man, not, we appreciate it. Yeah, he's not sending the two I thought he'd send. Like, me and another guy was talking who um, does some stuff with him, which I just handle the video and photography work, and that's one of the guys that actually, I mean, he kind of pro-staff, field staff for him, and yeah, it wasn't the two calls we thought they'd send, but, you know, it's... Which yeah. ones do you like? Uh, I'm not that good of a duck caller, so... For me, it's the, <laughs> for for me, it's the little bro, or um, I'm more of a goose caller, so it's going to be the Nodak or the ME11 on the goose side that I like. I mean, okay, we get to hunt the Canadians where you guys don't get to hunt those guys very often. We get state park geese down here, as far as Canada's go. Uh, I would love to get into Canada goose, like blowing a Canada goose call more, but there's almost no reason to do it because yeah. the closest contest that I'm going to have to go to is going to be hours away. And then I have no geese to call it other than if I went to the golf course and I think I'd get yelled at if I did that. <laughs> you never know. I mean, I've got one buddy who he's got to hunt a golf course a couple of times and he actually got to shoot snows off of it, which blew my mind out of everything. He shoots, he shoots a snow. Really? Virginia. Yeah. They hunted it. And especially on a golf course. Yeah, it was a frozen pond in the middle of a golf course. They broke out the ice and hunted it, and I think they shot five snows and, like, four can- Canadians. It went the completely opposite direction you think it went. Yeah, I figured, I figured any open water on a golf course, and you couldn't beat the, the Canadas off of it. That's normally how it is up here. See, we we get to have the greatest mallard limit ever, which is two. So you guys should be thankful for all the ones you get to shoot. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Listen. We're not the we don't have the most. We get to shoot four, but I'm pretty sure that I think it's California and Oklahoma and places like that they get to shoot five. Yeah, uh, it's six in um, oh, was that uh, Oregon? Was uh, Washington? Washington That's just six. Not fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're two, and if you cross the high river, it's five. So it's complete crap. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I believe I'd be hunting over there. <laughs> How far is the Ohio River from you? Uh, it's not that far. Trust me, I'm trying to find land on that side of the river. <laughs> there you go because <laughs> i mean we it's screwed up because we west virginia owns the high river so the high river is actually as long as it touches west virginia it's a two mallard limit it used to be a two mallard limit and a five goose limit for west virginia residents and then a high residents had they had four or five mallards and they had two geese and now they flipped it and let them have five geese and took us down the two mallards so it's pretty much mm. stupid how it's laid out over here but you get any black ducks over there Oh, we get all kinds of black ducks. <laughs> That's, really? Oh, um, I think we've, I mean, last year, I've never killed one, which I haven't been hunting, but like three or four years now, and it took me two years to shoot a mallard, just trying to figure it all out. Uh, 
but I think yeah. last year, I think I seen a flock of 10 was the biggest I've seen. And some of the guys I hunt with, they've seen 150 in a group. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, um, how long you been hunting? Gosh. <laughs> I've been hunting for this will be my 22nd year. And I, I think I saw one one time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been hunting for, I don't know, 15 years and I've, I don't, I don't know that I've seen one. So, yeah. Which I've got a buddy that lives in South Carolina and his son. Same age as my daughter, so he's eight, and he's already killed, like, five <laughs> big black ducks, you know, like, the sure enough, four-pound black duck, and yeah. it's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, if we ever get, like, a, a good winter, which, I mean, you guys have, usually, if, we, if we're getting a good winter, getting a good push, you guys usually have a bunch of ducks, but, yeah, man, I'd love to, like, I know it's a hell of a job, but you guys would be more than welcome to come up here. Granted, probably an early goose hunt would be more reasonable for you guys since we open up September 1st to the 15th for Canadians. Do y'all have a teal season over there? No, we um, no, we don't get a teal. We just get a, an October duck, which is wood duck, usually wood ducks and teal. But this year we got a cold front about September 27th and all the teal up. So. Oh, man. But you can shoot whatever in that early duck season, but yeah. that's just normally what y'all have. Yeah, yeah. I think huh. we can shoot anything. I've seen maybe four or five teal get shot and i've seen about a hundred and some wood ducks get killed or more man we we get an early teal season it's kind of like mid-september and if we could shoot wood ducks i'm pretty sure i'd be wanting to go wood duck hunting instead of teal hunting because the wood ducks are totally different birds in september they will decoy like mallards do it's ridiculous oh we um i think the closest one i've seen get shot this year seven steps i think we shot him at i mean was that I think I heard I heard y'all talk about that. I think on your second episode, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. I w- I wish it was more daylight. I mean, it was. It was <laughs> like we 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 walked into this like little pothole on this farm. We we're like, oh, we're gonna try this spot. And I mean, if you know how to blow that little red eye call that KS has, it calls ducks in. I mean, I'm I became a full believer that day when I watched that boy call in two wood ducks, and that one landed literally. I mean, it almost hit one guy when it came in the hole almost hit two guys when it was swinging the hole. And then when it dropped down and landed, like it was four feet from my dog and it swam a little bit. And he goes, do you want me to kill it? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, it's awful close. I'm like, I don't care. Don't let it leave. (laughs) Don't let it get out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it's that dumb and it's going to sit down in the water and he's like, where'd the other one go? And I was like, I don't give two shits. Kill that one. (laughs) (laughs) A bird in hand, right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, we, we can't be picky up here. I don't like getting skunked, but, um, I, hey, I'm all about not getting skunked. I've, mm-hmm. I've, and we got skunked a couple of times last year. I've shot a hood, hood of McGanzer to avoid it. I mean, it's well, it gets rough sometimes up here. <laughs> you got a good nickname for the hood of McGanzer? No, that's all. That's like hoodies. All we call it. Oh, everybody down here has their different goofy name for the old McGanzer. <laughs> We've got what we got hooded messenger. What, what is it? The Minner Skinner. The Minner Skinner. The, uh, oh, what was it? Hooded Messenger and Mergangster. Yeah, the Mergangster. <laughs> the Mergangster. I'm going to use, I'm pulling those yeah. out at some point in time this year. Because, see, we open, I have a day. <laughs> I got a youth hunt on Saturday, which I'm hoping we get to shoot wood ducks or geese, something other than a Mergangster. And then on Monday, we open up for six days on a second split hunt, and I'll shoot a Mergangster. I'll there's a good chance I shoot at McGanzer that day just to avoid being skunked. <laughs> uh, no, but, um, yeah, uh, I think our best hunt so far this year was 20, 25, 26 geese one day. 
That's a good day. It's a good day. I wasn't cleaning all those. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> I mean, okay, here we'll we'll discuss this real quick. How do you clean? How do you clean your ducks? Like, how do you skin them, or do you pluck them, or what do y'all do? I mean, I I'm very simple. I I'll pull the feathers off the the breast, and then I will tear the the skin off, and then I'll cut the breast out. That's what I do. A lot of people now, it seems like, are leaving the skin on. Uh, I've seen a lot of people doing it, cooking it that way, and they say it's ten times better with the skin on than skin off. Uh, I'm kind of set in my ways and picky eater, so I probably won't try that. Tyler might. He likes yeah, cooking. I'm probably trying that. Uh, I mean, out of state hunting's a little different. You know, you you can uh, grab them by the by under the breastplate and just pull up, and you'll get the wings in the breast and the breastplate. You know, clip a wing off, and that's how you have to haul them home. But here, I mean, that's we when you get them home, we'll just peel peel the skin back off of them and then just breast them out. Yeah, like I just like I do like I'm skinning a turkey. Like I cut right up the center and then I just pull the skin back, rake it back with my finger, and then I cut the breast out. Mm-hmm. There's 26 mm-hmm. geese. Yep, I think I skinned 11 of them that way, and I watched them pluck. I mean, these are big Canadians. I mean, they plucked the rest of them's chest, and I mean, it was awful. Yeah, I okay. usually will pluck just enough to get to the skin. I don't know. I'm just I don't want to be sawing at the meat while I'm trying to get the skin open. I want to be able to see, so I get the feathers off. But your way sounds a whole lot faster. Yeah, uh, unless unless we're making pillows, I'm not plucking them. <laughs> oh yeah, that one boy was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take these home for a pillow." And I was like, "You're an idiot. These are nasty. I would not do that." <laughs> and I'm telling you, I've I've killed quite a few geese, and the smell of a goose to me just, oh, I cannot, I can't I do, do that. To me, they and it may just be because we're shooting part geese. I don't know. <laughs> well, we shot these. These were off of a farmer's field, uh, just like a cattle pasture field, and um. I, I've been harping on my one bay about scouting. I'm like, dude, you got to get out and scout, man. And they'd already killed, I think season had opened up the first day. They killed 14. Second day, they killed four. They took a day off and scouted the f- fourth day and then found all these in this guy's pasture field and asked him. And he's like, oh, yeah, they're bringing in the pigweed. That's the only reason why I got that pigweed in my pasture field. I was like, yeah, sure. That's why you got it. it has nothing else to do with anything else around you, but sure. And um, it, it, they were just stupid birds. It amazed. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, these. Were, they, I'm just gonna say they were stupid birds. I mean, they, I don't think they'd ever been hunted. These were like park birds. I probably could have stood out there with a loaf of bread and killed them. <laughs> Whatever worked. It it amazes me listening to out of state. When I say out of state, anybody that's not hunting in Arkansas talk about going up to a landowner and just ask them, "Hey, can I hunt your spot in the morning?" And the landowner saying yes, because you are not doing that here. Like it is not even you don't even go up to anybody and ask them if you can just hunt their place one day here. You just get laughed at. So it's it's crazy to me to hear those stories of, you know, like what y'all do, just asking a lander, Hey, you've got a bunch of geese, do you mind if we hunt it in the morning? That's just unheard of for me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty fortunate we got a lot of places locked down and then we got three I'm gonna get a hunt three different places that are leased this year that are locked down that no one can get on and then we got we do have one section of public land that is Pretty good hunting. You just got to be the first one there, and it's kind of one peop one one group at a time gets on it. I mean, another group can get on it, but it's kind of a jerk move to do. Do y'all have a certain time that y'all can go in? No, I mean, I know, I know guys who like they've went there at eleven o'clock the night before, twelve o'clock the night before, ten o'clock the night before, and just <laughs> sleep in the truck. <laughs> did you hear what they did in Arkansas for opening day last year? Oh, they stayed for like a week, didn't they, or some crazy shit? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of them. Shoot, I slept the night before in the spot that we were going to go to. <laughs> and that didn't turn out great. Great. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't. 
of all the night before sleep stories, I don't think I've ever heard one that's actually turned out good. I mean, it might be different in Arkansas, <laughs> but up here it's usually like it was a bust anyway, so that's why no one wanted to be there. Kind of a waste of time. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you wake up in the morning and there's no other truck sitting around you, you're kind of like, oh, this might have been a bad idea. No, but your, your optimist side says, like, oh, we're geniuses. <laughs> Nobody else has found this. Yeah. Which, I mean, we found a spot last year and hunted it a couple of times before other people started finding it. But, man, shot chasers here are pretty, pretty heavy. So if you get into them, you better work on them and then get out of there quick. So That's a, We don't have a lot of that. We do have – we. Know, I mean, I don't really know of a lot of places that people – because, like, usually, like, once, once you get off the main river, like – you're on, you're getting on private and then a lot of guys just don't go ask for permission. So they just don't go hunting. They're like, oh, I'm going to hunt the river only. And it mean, a lot of times you can get way up a Creek and do pretty good by just driving in or walking in on a guy's property. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you don't post anything on social media. You tell very few people when you hit the ramp. It's, oh, we've seen a few. <laughs> you've got the ones you've shot stuffed in decoy bags. <laughs> Yeah, gas cans and the game of fish don't show up and ask to see your birds. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. We did better than we said we did. <laughs> I mean, that has to be true because I think like when we were down there, we left and like we'd have like one or two wood ducks, and I'd never seen anyone else with a duck, and I heard other shots, so I knew. Oh yeah, they're all killed. hidden. Yeah, I mean, I never seen. Yeah, any. you can you can normally tell you can normally tell when you pull up at the ramp and, and the guys they hurry up and get the boat, get it strapped down, and they're still wearing their waders, and they just pull out of the parking lot. Those are the guys that they don't want anybody to even get close to the boat to look in there because they've got birds down in the bottom of the boat. They'll pull over on the side of the road and change out of their weight later. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't like, I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I just don't care. I mean, it's not, it's got, it's getting more competitive up here. And it seems like everyone kind of comes to the one area I, I live in the hunt for some reason, probably because some of us don't care the post on Facebook about them. And we have the two WMAs, but I mean, those two WMAs, they personally kind of suck. I mean, they won't hold birds. I've seen them. They they ran all the geese out of it the one in three days of September hunting, trying to jump shoot them on ponds. They, they moved 300 geese into a town, which I guarantee that town was so happy about. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> sure they appreciated the geese being in there. Are are the geese that y'all have the graders? I assume they're the greater Canada's right. Yeah, we we get a few, a few lessers like mixed in, but not very many. And then we'll get... Right. We'll get like a speck or two that's completely lost that has no idea where he's supposed to be at. And then <laughs> there's like four four to ten Ross geese that'll somehow end up here that are just lost as well. Hmm. I've called in one speck. Didn't you, know could, you could probably hit four, four to ten Ross geese here driving down the road. <laughs> oh, it is ridiculous down there. Like uh, the camp we stayed at last year, you could see three and a half shells laying in the driveway of it where I'm pretty sure people stood out there and shot at them as they flew over. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if I was coming to Arkansas on a guided hunt right now, it would not be for duck. It would be for specs, or it would be a snow spring conservation hunt. Oh, like yeah. that, if I was coming to Arkansas for a guided hunt, that's all I probably would want to do. Yeah, if you get a chance to look up the uh, what is it, the world snow goose? Oh. Yeah, Max puts on the world snow goose, whatever. Yeah, yeah that man, that hunt's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that one. They were unloading cases of shells out of the back of the Ranger, the A-frame. So I was like, this is fixing to be good. <laughs> but I don't want to have to clean that many. They don't I mean, clean that many. They give them away. Someone else has to. Uh, bless their heart. Whoever's having to clean them. It's for helping the hungry. You know, that's it's doing good deeds. But it still has to be the worst job ever to have to clean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy needs paid. He he might be volunteering, but he needs paid. Oh, I yeah. can't imagine what my shoulder would feel like. After shooting that many shells, 
at geese. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you watch the videos, like with Tony Vandemore, and he just raises up and it's just boom, 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 <laughs> nine shots or eleven shots, however many times it is at one volley. Oh my goodness! Like my shoulders hurting right now thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, majority of the time we shoot a twenty gauge. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about the whole twelve gauge. As many times you can pull the trigger. I don't think my shoulder would hold up. Mm-mm. I've become a big fan of those two and three quarter from Boss. Those three fives. Those are pretty pretty three nice. Three fives. Shots. Yeah. We um. I shot a couple of geese with them. That day we killed twenty five, and at like twenty yards, it was just crumpling them. I mean, they were cupcake. Did shots. you see? I don't know if you saw on social media. It was a day or two ago. A guy posted on the Boss uh, fan page. He had three squib loads in a row out of a two and three quarter Boss shell, and he, you know, he said something. And it had like 130 comments in an hour or something. Like it was, I mean, it blew up. And one guy was talking about his uh, weak strike on the primer. I didn't know that, but that was a thing. Mm -hmm. Tyler is a gunsmith, so is that actually a thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. I've, I've seen a BPS that's had weak strikes, but then I've also seen it just be because the firing or the primer is sitting just a few. It's not much. Uh, just a just a hair too far in, and it. I've seen a whole case of of uh, heavy metal do that. Mm. Guy I mean, bought a guy bought a case of them. They were all the same run. All the numbers on the boxes lined up, and we pulled them out, shot them through his gun, and ever one out of every box, and it was it was a weak strike. We put him in a different gun, and it, it worked just fine. We put a new firing pin in his gun, and it worked just fine. How do you tell from looking at the primer if it's a weak strike or not? Because I was It'll looking just at barely it, barely have a, a a dent in the in the primer. <coughs> oh, well, I don't know. But anyhow, Nathan, did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not see that. But that's that's something the that's probably going to be a hot topic is the quality of their shells as all this goes on. Because I know I've got one buddy who he owns. Six cases. I mean, granted, he bought these back in July, <laughs> so they're 28, 20, 16s. I think he's got two 12s. I mean, it's just ridiculous what all he's bought. Now, I've got a case and a half or more, a little more than a case and a half of 20-gauge shells out there from Boss. I like them. I haven't had any issues out of them. I just I saw that on Facebook a day or so ago, and it, it blew up so much so fast that I was very interested interested in it. And I didn't read all the comments, but I, read I will a few. say that group, that is a very vocal group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're but no, I, I mean, I shoot their 20 gauge. Go ahead. Yeah. They're like one that I do pay attention there. It, it gets very vocal on every post. Like there's at least 30, 40 comments, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, yeah. it's driving them pretty good. And I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about them. I've shot their uh, number five, two and three quarters, 12 gauge uh, last year or year before last. And then, shot 20 gauge exclusively last year and I mean I was shooting them just as far with that 20 as everybody was shooting them with a 12 so I don't have anything bad to say about them they shoot clean the gun the gun loves them I shoot a, a, a gas gun and I mean I don't I don't think I broke it down and cleaned it any during the season I didn't break it down until after season and clean it and it still wasn't terribly dirty it wasn't like shooting uh, uh, black clouds out of it yeah I had a um, I had a savage Todd you might find this interesting that wouldn't cycle it was the S1200 when they were making their semi-automatic. It was the first gun. I was like, oh, I'm going to get into duck hunting, shot a pump, and then I was like, oh, I'll buy this cheap semi-automatic gun. They had good reviews. A buddy, Me and my buddy both bought one. Mine, it would not cycle 
any load. It didn't matter what you put in it. It would not cycle. And I sent it back to them, and the only response back I got was, here, we're going to give you a different gun. But they <laughs> but they quit making it. Wow. So I ended up with an over-under 20 gauge from them that I no longer have. Hey, I, I mean, I, you, I, I, know, I was going to say, I feel like you probably upgraded on that one then. <laughs> I, well, I say that, and then my buddy that has the same gun, he got his choke tube stuck in it because he doesn't believe in cleaning a gun. And oh he, man, they used a torch, a pipe wrench, a <laughs> crowbar, I think, somehow to get it out. <laughs> Tyler's over here, screaming. <laughs> yeah, so he to- he torched his barrel pretty good. That gun still works, like, there's yeah, nothing wrong with it. It kills me that that one works. And mine, who I took care of, just it's done. He mm-hmm. he asked yeah, me to ask for my barrel back when I sent it back to him, though. He was like, Can you get your barrel back? And I was like, I don't think so, but I'll try. Yeah, I just really I have a sentimental attachment to that barrel. You think you gotta send it back to me? <laughs> Man. No, that's that's what gets me is you some of these guys they just do not take care of a gun and it holds up for them and then you, you do a good job and keep yours cleaned and, and everything and it just anything goes wrong and that guy's over shooting and you're like, Wow, how am I not living right? Because he's obviously not living right and he's still working. Yeah, I got a buddy who he shoots a Franke He's got a he's got a twelve gauge now. He's got a twenty gauge, and he believes that they never need cleaned. And I've never seen his gun jammed. He cleans it like once in the middle of summer, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, an inertia gun runs better dry than what a gas gun will. As far as like oiling it and cleaning it, I mean, they just they run they run better. Rocky's a good gun too. Yeah, it's a really good gun. You still there? We lose you. No, I'm still here. I was like, I was looking at something. Oh, okay, I got a text. <laughs> Yeah, text that I got distracted. Okay, just want to double check. <laughs> no, I, I don't. We bored him. He fell asleep. Yeah, he's he's asleep. <laughs> no, it no. is what? What are you and I are behind us? So it's ten o'clock there. Um, yeah, it is ten o'clock. But yeah, My, no one's going to be at work tomorrow for me. So it's just going to be me and a bomb rider, and that's it. So I'm not too worried about my work ethic tomorrow. <laughs> that's on the sale on the podcast hopefully no, none of them listen to this I work very very hard uh, uh, so what, what my last like few questions here what y'all's weather like right now and have y'all got any ducks yet I mean we just got our first push of Canadians like two weeks ago so we just picked up about two three hundred in my area well, so we're actually getting a cold front that's been pushing in for, what, a, a day, day and a half? Today's the coldest day that we've had. I think the high was like 45 today. Yeah, it's supposed to be, well, 29 tonight. Yeah, and uh, get our first frost tonight. Here in central Arkansas, which we drive, we have some rice fields and stuff right here that we drive past every day. And uh, I've seen a first group of mallards that are not local today. I mean, they pushed in. There's probably 40 or 50 of them sitting in a bar ditch right next to the road and that's the first real push of big ducks that I've seen. I've, I've been seeing some geese coming in, and here you can hear them in the evening. Straight Lake posted a video today. They got a bunch of ducks. <laughs> they got a bunch of ducks right now. Yeah, I think we're going to go Friday and and go uh, yeah. lay eyes on some places just to see what what's coming in. But I mean, I would I would assume here that we're going to see a pretty good push of birds come in, and we hope that they don't it, push out. It's usually always around. Was that Armistice Day, November eleventh? that we get a cold front and a push. And, I mean, that's just right around the corner. 
And the way it's setting up, I mean, last time it set up, I mean, it was this cold this early. We had a pretty good opener. So, fingers crossed we'll repeat that. No, we you, got we've got, you, like, no water. When do you all open up? Uh, the 20th? November 20th, when the Razorbacks beat Alabama. <laughs> you can keep He's saying that. Hope. You can keep saying that. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen angels in the outfield? <laughs> Hey. I'll be watching on TV. You'll see Forrest out there waving his arms. <laughs> hey, I, I'm a, sadly, sadly, I am a Longhorn fan, and it makes it even worse now that they play WU because all my friends are going to give me shit because Texas hasn't beat them since they got in the conference together. <laughs> but as oh, man, says, I can't believe you're a Texas fan. I'm thinking, it's, it's just got to be the burn orange. I could really care less about everything else to do with them. <laughs> And see, most people in Arkansas, you can not even mention the Longhorns. You just mention Burn Orange, and they all cringe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they, that team is like that school is cursed. They're just determined to find a way to shoot themselves. Not that Arkansas would have beat them <laughs> if they were good, but I mean, hell, they had other than Arkansas, they had Oklahoma beat, cough that one up, and then I forget every every week they cough it up to somebody and lose. Listen, that Oklahoma game. I was following that one too. I was not happy when Texas lost that one because I can't stand Oklahoma, and I just I just knew Texas was going to win that game. I just knew they were. And then when they lost, I was like, "Well, this day is just terrible." <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much assume every time Texas plays somebody that you know they're going to win the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they're just going to put the JV in and try to figure out how they can lose. Well, the Razorbacks had a season like that. A few years ago, well, it was more than a few years ago, but <laughs> it lasted a few years. I, I can remember being really good for three quarters and then just falling off that last one, and that was just a rough year of football. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys actually have a really good team. I mean, you've got some pretty serious freaking line down there. That I mean, I'd love to see you beat Alabama because I can't stand them, but <laughs> somehow Alabama will figure out a way to win this stupid national championship. I don't know. I don't know. George is pretty short. Which I was really impressed with Kentucky watching their quarterback. I mean, that quarterback. Well, Kentucky lost. I week. know, but man, that quarterback, he's, he's something. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, if you don't, if you know anything about West Virginia football, is we love our coach until the first game. And then after that, we pretty much want him fired for every single week of the year, cussing for three <laughs> quarters. And then he wins somehow in the fourth. Like, I seen people went in his head against Oklahoma State, and then like I'm like, oh shit, I guess W lost. And then like I look at the score later, and I'm like, well shit, they won. Why is everybody pissed at him for? I was like, damn. <laughs> They're like, well, now we got to keep him. <laughs> They're finally back 500. You know, I didn't think they was gonna have a 500 record at this point in the season. So when do y'all play Alabama? November November 20th, y'all play. November 20th. Yep. November 20th. Shit, I'll have to. I'm trying to figure out if that's is that Thanksgiving week. Yeah, that's the Saturday before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, yeah. That's pretty much always the opening day here in Arkansas is the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, because, see, we go out. We we have this stupid-ass freaking six days of hunting next week, and then we go out, and we don't come back in until after Christmas. I don't think. we. It might be Christmas. Geez, it might be miserable. It might be Christmas Eve, but our geese, see, this is why I goose hunt so much. Our geese opens up December it's either it's somewhere between the fifth and the ninth it opens up. I'd have to like look at a calendar. It opens back up, and we can hunt geese till the end of January. But yeah, we get to hunt geese pretty much all year long. But 
our duck seasons are pretty small and well they we have an october season that's useless that should be a week and then they could take that week pack it on in december move this november season to december and we could start the first of december like everyone else it sounds like everybody just wants their seasons to move back longer and i wish ours was pushed back into february Oh yeah, or you give you a, a permit and you can do a trophy season. Yeah, you have to pay X amount of money for a trophy bird in that time because I mean, yeah. it's always oh, we man. go out into January and it never fails. First second week of February, we are loaded down and everything is full plume and just beautiful. And Those like, tails in February here, oh my goodness! Yeah, looks like they got twelve inch sprigs on them out yeah. there waving in the wind. Yeah. See, we don't ever get. I've never, I've never seen a pintail. I don't think I have in West Virginia. I'm trying to think. I've seen dead ones. Like I've got a buddy who he killed one that had a nine inch sprig on it two years ago, cool. uh, and a tiny little backwater came in by itself and like freaking smoked it. And he's got a picture with his dog carrying it out of the water, and he sent it to me. And he's like, "Look what we just killed!" And I was like, "You son of a mother." <laughs> I'd have called him a liar until I saw it like in hand. Yeah. Well. He's he is like it, it's hilarious. His name's Justin Thackett. I don't care to rat him out. What he did, uh, <laughs> he um it was <laughs> it was I think four or five years ago they were hunting together. It was like a group of nine guys in layouts, and they got a group. I mean, a big wad of mallards coming, and I mean they're just working along and like they're like okay, like everybody's getting ready, and for some reason like. You know, the first starts setting down and they're getting ready to call it. And then like way in the back, he sees about 70 yards a widgeon. And uh-huh. he, he just decides that he's going to shoot at this widgeon. So he screams, widgeon raises up and shoots one time. And everything, <laughs> and everything scatters and everyone just sits there in silence. Like, are you? Did he kill sh- the widgeon? No, oh, no, he missed. No, oh, no. <laughs> Get that, your stuff and go to the truck. You're in timeout. <laughs> that same widgeon. Three days later, I'm hunting with my brother-in-law at a creek, and like my brother-in-law, he um he's actually he's for Wyoming. Friday they go hunt in Wyoming for a week and a half, where he went to college in Laramie. Um, so he's hunting with me, and I've never seen a widgeon. I don't even know what a widgeon looks like. What it sounds like. We're sitting there hunting. I know what a mallard looks like. I know what a mallard sounds like. We're hunting, and this water. Mallards come down and start rafting up, like short of the decoys, and they're like rafting up. But I can see them, like they're twenty yards away. Well, this bird just shoots past me and hits in the middle of the decoys. I'm like, oh, what the hell is that thing? And like it does, like the little widgeon whistle or whatever you call that thing. And I just look at it and I go, huh, well, that's nothing important. And like I turn back to the mallards and I'm like, I'm asking my brother, I was like, can you see the mallards to shoot one? I was like, we can't shoot them on the water because we're going to be over a limit by ten by the time a shell goes off. <laughs> And I screw around there, and then he's like, that's a widgeon. I'm like, well, is that like a hard duck to kill or something? He's like, well, I mean, it's a pretty, like, I mean, it looks pretty good. I would shoot it. I was like, well, okay, we can we can shoot it. And about the time we go shoot it, it leaves. All the mallards leave, and I, like, start texting him. And then that's when I get the story of that's probably the same widgeon I tried to shoot five days ago and some <laughs> yards. But, I mean, we get. We Man, a widgeon, that's. We don't get those here. I mean, that's rare. I mean, a widgeon's kind of rare for us. I know a couple, couple they killed a year here, but not very many. We, we killed a couple last year, but both of them were hens. But man, that's a pretty bird, especially later in the year. And they get real fat, looks like a butterball. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a pretty bird. Cotton top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get one mounted. Like I want to get. I like. One, I like them. I want to go hunt Texas just to get one mounted. I mean, it's a long ways to go and a lot of money to pay just to get one bird mounted. But 
that's my they that, worth it. That and a black duck is what I want to get mounted when I finally kill a good black duck. Oh, I want a black duck so bad. I'll probably end up coming somewhere over there in the northeast at some point in time in my life if I haven't gotten one, but I'm getting one at some point. Well, I mean, hey, you have um y'all have my number, just like hit us up, man. I'll figure out where I mean when I get that guy from KES to send you stuff down, I mean, he's from just below Columbus, man. I think they get a good bit up there. And I've hunted with him a few times. And, man, you're talking about shooting mallards at like five, six yards from your face in tight, tight creeks. Really? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty insane up there how they hunt. I mean, I, I, I didn't think ducks used water that's like three inches deep until I went up there. And, I mean, and they're trying to get in this tiny little creek, and it's like three and four inches deep in front of us. And that would be a cool spot. See. Yeah, yeah, and of course, are they warm? Are they warm water creeks? Is that what they are? No, they're just normal creeks. They just weren't frozen yet. I mean, we just weren't cold enough to freeze. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be down for making a trip. Yeah, we have we I do we do have two power plants near us, which kind of help us hold birds, I guess, for the most part. But the problem is they stay in those power plants for the most part. They learn quick that you know they can sit on those warm waters and live better than flying out there and getting mm-hmm. I've, I, I've got a field straight across from a bean field that I mean it's a it's a decent little hunt for geese at times and I'm but I did watch one day probably I mean I think they limited out at 35 geese and I watched all of them fly to their death past me and they wouldn't even look at me <laughs> they, they get in a routine and they're smart like there was a, a mallard hen that they had GPS here in Arkansas and it would go from one rest area to the, another rest area. And that's all it did. It was like one point in the day it was on one, and the next point in the day it was on the other. Yeah, they never went anywhere else. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of something that does th- throw me away with over there in that area that those ducks just don't pretty much fly from like Hollowell. If, if that, is that the right name of that rest area there in Bayamita? Mm-hmm. While they don't just fly yep. straight out of there, just across all the timber to those other rest areas on the other side or out into those fields and just avoid that. I, I do not know. I do know we 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 used to lease a bunch of fields up in the northeast part of the state, and you could sit out there and watch right before sunset, and you'd watch them come off of Lake Ashball, which is a big rest area up there, and they would come off right at sunset, and you could just see them barely against the, the sun in the sky, them coming out into the fields to feed at, at night. No moon, no nothing. I mean, bird, these birds are they're smart. The amount of pressure they're getting put on them, they're going nocturnal. Yep. i to figure something out. And here's one, because, I mean, we see it in our geese. Do you think they're getting smarter because of all the out-of-state guys who come in, shoot at the wood ducks early in the morning, or just blow them out, miss them, let them get out of the hole, shoot at them at the treetops, and they just learn, like, hey, I'm going to stay away from there forever? Yeah, it's not just the out-of-staters. <laughs> a bunch of us Arkansans do the same thing. That's yeah. not an out-of-state thing. Yeah, they're getting that all the way down to the flyway. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the ones that I feel like we're getting in Arkansas now – we're not getting a full migration because it's not getting cold up north. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times the birds that we're shooting at in January, we shot at in November. And those birds have figured everything out. They know their routine of where they're supposed to be at nine o'clock during the day. And at nine o'clock at night, they know where they're supposed to be. It's, I mean, they just, it's clockwork. If you're getting shot at, you do the same thing too. Yeah. We see that. We see that up here, but normally I usually try to switch the, y'all don't really have a lot of evening hunting spots in the WMAs, but like we'll switch over and try to hunt like a, a roost pond and hope for like a snowy day or something to make them push them back in there, you know, 20, 30 minutes before that shooting time's up. 
Yeah, the only yep. place we can do that here that I'm aware of is just on the rivers. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then not as it can't be. It can't be like yeah, it can't be NWR. Like, yeah, an NWR. It has to be just. I don't even know other than the Arkansas yeah, River. Yeah. Arkansas is the only place. But you can talk to most people around here, and they will tell you, yeah, the ducks will get up and fly about twelve thirty mm-hmm. because that's when everybody's leaving. They know, okay, we're not going to get shot at. We'll go wherever we want now. And it's true. It's true that you'll be in a like Biomeda at the end of last last year. Most of the ducks that we saw flying. Started at eleven thirty. Yeah, yeah. You could almost sleep in, <laughs> sleep in, and set the ramp till everybody starts coming in, and then go out. And you probably have just as good a chance of shooting on your birds as you would if you got there at four o'clock in the morning. Yep, probably a better chance, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, with our geese, we early season like we're trained to. We're not trained, but like we try to shoot the bigger the big ones first and then you can you can shoot out a couple of big geese and then just hammer on a goose call and not move and the little ones will go about 70 80 yards and they'll spin right back around and come right back to you like it was you they've not even been shot at yet have they not been shot at or are those like family groups uh, no i mean they're just new geese that haven't been shot at i mean they're like uh-huh. a group of like you'll get a group of like 15 or something and you can like shoot at them and just like watch them fall and then they'll just fly out away from you and then just Hammer on your use call and they'll just spin around and come right back to you. Like they like they just weren't shot at. Like it's like it's a new flock already. Or you can shoot at a flock coming at you and just set tight and just the next flock will just come right in behind them. They just ignore gunshots in that you can, you can do that sometimes. I've I've seen times with mallards that you can do that, but it has to be like a pair, a drake and a hen. And if you accidentally shoot the hen, Instead of the drake first, that hen, that drake is leaving, and you can just quack, 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 like that. And it's, there's a lot of times that drake will spin back around because it's like, oh, she told me to come back. And he mm-hmm. completely forgot that he was getting shot at. I've done that multiple times and been able to kill that drake. I mean, I've, I've seen groups of pintails. We've shot into them before, and they'll fly a big circle and come right back to you. And yeah. I, I mean, it was just like one or two years that they did it. I don't know if we just killed all the dumb ones out and they stopped doing it or what. <laughs> but, I mean, we... One day, it was five of us. We set up on a point, and that's what we did. They'd come in, and the wind was howling out of the north, and they wanted in there. So we made them pay rent. Yeah, that's what all my me and all my buddies claim is we're killing all the dumb ones for all the smart guys, for, so all the smart ones can live. That's right. That's right. That's what we get down here. We get we get those well educated birds. That ain't no lie. Because every day here is a different different day of how, how they want to be talked to, if they want to be talked all the way to the water, if they don't want to be talked to at all, if they only want feed calling. I mean, it's ridiculous. What's the cut-down situation like over there in West Virginia? No one uses one. There's, I, I take that back. Oh, my gosh. There is three or four guys that use them, but, I mean, the closest I've ever had someone hunt to me is maybe three, 400 yards. I mean, we get, we can space out here for the most part because – we do have fair weather hunters, so about this about the time Christmas hits, you know, we're gonna lose everybody. I'm hoping next week everyone's deer hunting, and then I'm hoping they just don't come back after Christmas. <laughs> Seeing as the opposite here, everybody deer hunts early, trying to get that out of the way, and then they're all in the woods after Christmas. Yeah, they're all out there trying to shoot ducks. But man, I'm I cut down out there. Sound like you probably have a leg up on them. Yeah. I, I, I would find you a cut down. Get KES to start making a cut down, and yeah, it's yeah, in the work. here. I mean, everybody's got a cut down. Yeah, they've they've got one in the work actually. Like I've seen, there's like four version. They're on like version five of it, and they haven't liked it yet. I mean, 
was up there the other day in, in the shop and he's got four or five versions laying there and he's trying to figure out which one he wants to use. And, you know, he's got like five guys who are giving their opinion on how it needs to be done. So it, it's going to be another year, mm-hmm. I think, before that comes out. I had, I had the prototype last year with me in Arkansas, actually, and I, I liked it, but it just, it kind of still came back to like one of their other calls they've got. I think it's the Muskeg, which they're going to send down to you guys. And um, I think that one's coming and... Oh, what was the other one? Um, the Puddle Smacker, which be interesting to have you guys blow that one because it's more of a a backwater call, backwater backwater style call. So I'll be interested to see what y'all think about that one. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely review them and give you, give you guys some opinion on them. What well, Forrest will I won't. <laughs> You'll still give your opinion. Yeah, I'll let you know what I think about him blowing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was. I mean, one thing that's interesting about them is they've got a bunch of guys that kind of around them that um they're like especially on the goose side they're competition callers so like they want to blow it like a competition call and um the the nodak that they just i think it's the nodak that they just dropped like i like it i called it i called a beginner goose call that someone who knows how to blow a goose call can do a lot of crazy nasty stuff on but a beginner can blow it as a short read and um, a lot of their guys complain. They're like, oh, it's too light. It's too light. And I'm like, no, it's not. I was like, it's perfect for a guy who is a new goose caller who can't blow a short read, who can't build up all that air pressure to blow one. Yeah, you start talking about goose calls, you lose us because we have – I've got one, but I don't I – mean, we just don't have enough geese to, to blow them. At. Or we don't hunt the areas where the geese are anyway. I, I mean, I have a, a Tim Grounds goose call, and I like blowing it. But I, I haven't been around enough people that know what they're doing to know whether my tone is right on or I don't know a whole lot of notes. You know, honk, moan, cluck, that's about all I've got. And I can throw them together a little bit. But the spit notes and the quick spit and, you know, I can do a murmur. But all that fancy stuff, I don't have any of that. I just rattle a little bit, a bread bag and they come here. <laughs> wonder bread, wonder bread. Yeah, I mean, you don't need the fancy stuff to kill geese. That's kind of the – that's why I think it's kind of easier to – I mean, I can't feed or chuckle. I can't work my I can't work my tongue fast enough to do that. So, I mean, I just, I mean, that's why I think I went over to the goose side. But I mean, they've got they've got a couple of good duck calls. I'll I'll be excited because I want because you guys I know I'm going to get an honest opinion on it, and I know what all my friends like. I've sold a bunch of them lately to my friends, and I'm like, you don't have to buy one. I mean, it's whatever. I don't care. It's not money in my pocket. I I can tell you that if you can blow a goose call. There are a lot of people that say duck calling is way easier than blowing a goose call. So if you can blow, if you can blow a goose call, you'll get that duck call for sure. The problem is, I I'm, I think it's where we just see more geese. And when I started mm-hmm. hunting, everyone learned how to blow a duck call. That's what everyone blew. No one wanted to honk at the geese, so I was like, screw it, I'm gonna learn how to blow a goose call because I'm tired of not shooting at something. So I mean, I think that's kind of where because I mean, we get I'd say we get five times the opportunity to shoot a goose over a duck. On a normal day, which sucks. But. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, it gets boring shooting. I mean, they're fun. They're dumb. They're slow. They're you get them backpedaling at five feet. I mean, it's fun as hell for a couple hours, but after that, it's kind of like oh, okay, let's shoot something that's moving a little oh, faster. Man. You got options though. <laughs> I'm jealous that you've got options. That's the thing about hunting a timber. You're kind of limited. Yeah, and that has to be a rare thing for you to shoot a goose coming in anywhere close than the timber unless you're caleb yeah caleb sky busted two of them in the timber last year that one is, of them was banded i think mm-hmm. that is one thing i was mad about when i was down there it was like our first day we hunted it was foggy as crap and these 
three stupid ass snow geese was low and that like I'd have made my day like I'd have unloaded my gun at them probably when I hit them but I couldn't figure out where they were coming over top of us at because I was trying to move around the water and everybody's like what are you doing I was like these geese are low I was like I want to shoot one of them I was like I don't give two shits like about any ducks right now screw them let's shoot a freaking snow or a speck yeah if I, if I if I've got a chance at a speck I, I'm gonna send it on a prayer and hope I hit it because it's a whole lot better eating than a, yeah than a, than a duck I've never even shot a snow never shot one been from Arkansas, you never shot. See, I, see, that'd be what I think y'all would shoot all day long. Well, not shoot all day long, but have chances to shoot would be the snows and the specs. At some some point, have a pond yeah, I mean, somewhere you, that they're dumb enough to get on. Well, all, everything here is all locked up as far as private. people leasing it. Yeah, like, all there's not a lot of you can't you and and used to you could call you could just go knock on a door for a farmer before snow goose hunting got real popular and he'd let you go jump shoot them. But now then, these guys are paying money to keep all these fields built so they can keep clients on them. So, I yeah, mean, I mean, there's no just knock door, knocking on doors or going and finding a pond that's got them on it. If you think about some of the outfits that, that, that are leasing places for specs and snows now, mm-hmm. we've got Habitat Flats that comes down here. We've got Cadillac Creek that comes down here. 2W is the new big thing, mm-hmm. and they, they do the, the snow geese and specs also. And that's is, not including all your local guys that are – yeah. From here and stay here. Yeah, it's, it's it's harder to shoot geese down here than it is to shoot ducks. Because I mean, because there's just nowhere to do it unless you unless you're on a private place to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you could drive down the road and window shop them all day long. <laughs> you know, if you're an outlaw, I mean, they're right in the ditches. But as far as getting on a field and actually having an actual hunt, I mean, it's few and far between unless you own own that field or you lease yeah. it. Yeah, see, we're the opposite. Like, that's where we, we struggle to get the ducks because of they're usually on a private land that someone's already got or something where the geese, like, I mean, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to be in certain areas all year long. They're going to settle in a certain spot on the river. You just go there every day, and you're guaranteed to shoot a couple. That must be nice, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I mean, we got, uh, I got a buddy at least as a, um, a field around a rock quarry, and it's, it's guaranteed like you can kill at least like you can go there and kill at least four or five geese a day. And then man, you should, you should get a kill ducks. I think we killed, I was there last year and it was about four degrees and we shot, that's all we shot were ducks. We shot about, I think we shot seven, seven ducks. And that was the only day I hunted it, but I think they hunted it the rest of the year. And I mean, they killed at least a couple ducks and geese every time they hunted it. You said four degrees, like four degrees is nothing. <laughs> I mean, it was cold as shit, but I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, but no. So was I mean, it deep enough water that it stayed open? Oh, no. I mean, we're in a field. Oh, God. Four degrees? I ain't getting near oh, water. Oh, field hunting. Yeah. I ain't getting near water. That's. <laughs> Shit, I don't get near water. Dude, like... we don't get four degrees. Yeah. And see here, the, like a duck will land in a dry field in Oklahoma, straight west of us, but, but not in Arkansas. Not in Arkansas. They don't have water. And if they turn their nose up at it and keep going. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, we have. I can count on my hand the amount of fields that hold water in one hand within about an hour of me. I think there's three, mm. three or four that hold water. If it, And it has to pour the rain to get that water on there. And I mean, and if the water gets there, there's, um, there's two of them that are going to hold geese and two of them that are going to hold ducks. And the one will hold ducks and geese. And the one... I think the one. Well, it's just it's just holding public. sheet water then. Yeah, it's just holding about you know seven eight inches of sheet water. I mean, other than that, I mean, our fields are all dry. Wow, 
sound like a man need to pull a levy up around the field up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know where they're, I know where one or two of those are and they, uh, they do pretty good on them. They do, they do damn good. <laughs> I, mean, I bet do. they do. I mean, that's, uh, that's one, that's one thing about it though. I mean, when the water gets up here, it kind of just, if it does like the water gets up, it does make it nice cause it gets back in the trees, but it scatters the freaking ducks out so bad. It makes it kind of makes it kind of tough to find them at times and then to get farmers to let you go in when it rains is when we get into the problems they don't want you anywhere near their property because they're terrified you're going to tear everything up so you're going to tear it up with your truck they're going to get that big old tractor out there later on to do stuff yeah yeah i mean it's it's like awful i mean i've seen one farmer i mean he lost his freaking crap over a gravel road i'm like dude we're on a gravel road like calm down for a second and you don't own this gravel road either. Like you just have a right away through it. So, and he threw like a fit over it, and I was like, "Oh, it's whatever." Luckily, I did not go back to that spot uh-huh. because I told a boy about all the ducks that was in that spot, and he went the next day, and the temperature dropped. I think like eleven, twelve degrees overnight, and all the ducks left. So, <laughs> he got his ass chewed out by the farmer the next day, and didn't get to shoot anything. So. I think they shot a dove. And didn't even get to kill anything. They killed a dove. Yeah. That was their <laughs> that was their ultimate out for that day. But yeah, I mean it's it's complete it's kinda crazy because it's completely different hunting for you guys versus us. And like I know a bunch of guys that go down there and guys that have went down there and guys that are I think planning on going down there, they've talked about they want to go down there and hunt sometime. But I think our, I think my next trip, if it is next year, will be to um the Dakotas. I think that's where we're gonna go. Or Kansas or somewhere like that. There you go. Yeah, the Dakotas would probably be my first, my first choice for sure. You get juvenile birds there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It. And then what is it? Is it South Dakota or North Dakota? You don't even—if it's not posted, you don't even have to ask permission. To oh, I have no idea. No idea. It's like South um, they changed it. It's kind of like pretty, that, it, but it's like it's if it's adjacent, like I think adjacent fields or something. I don't know. But I had a buddy just come back from there, and he um. I mean, they did. They shot limits about every day. I mean, they did pretty good. They only, I think they only killed three mallards though, and that was on their last day. And the one, I'll, I'll, I'll find the picture and I'll send it to you guys, man. The one mallard, he was a freaking fatty. Oh, we've got a buddy going up there, and I think he's leaving next week. Going up there and spend the week, saw you. Oh, is he? Yeah, huh. yeah. They're going up there, and I think it's next week's when they're going, and they've got pretty good reports. So, which I mean, I'm. Pretty good reports for us is not good reports for them up there because I think they had a drought all summer. I think they did. I think you're right. I forgot about that. Fingers crossed. This thing pushes down here because there ain't nothing to eat up there. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law, he leaves. He'll be hunting Wyoming, I think, starting Sunday. So he'll be on the, is it the Platte River that runs through Laramie? Yeah. He'll be on the, I think it's the North Platte or whatever it is that runs through there. He'll hunt that. And in Laramie, and then he's going to go up that Casper and hunt. I think he said for a week. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll let you guys get off here because shoot, we've been talking now for like an hour and a half. We said that thirty minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Well, we we have enjoyed it for sure. Yeah, yeah we can do it again if you want to too. Yeah, man. Like that'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Um, see about maybe mid season or something. Get a hold of you guys, or maybe get a hold of you guys um, mid season or something. Yeah, we'll see about getting a hold of you guys or. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm, well, I'm trying to like play dates in my head because like I was invited to Arkansas, but I'm not going this, going this year. 
I'm trying to think. I think it's the last week of January they're going. So maybe we'll um, when Tyler gets back on here because he'll That'd be, be the time to be here. Yeah, he'll um, maybe I can get if you're ever here. down here, let us know. Yeah, man. Yeah, and if y'all get down this way, give us a shout. Yeah, we love I to mean, meet up and visit. Sure. Yeah, I think I listen. I listen to y'all's podcast, Meat Eater, the uh, the Big Honker, and I forget what other podcasts. All when I drove that loop that day, I just like kept just rolling through podcasts as much as I could. Just something to listen to. Versus, well, we radio. appreciate you listening to us for sure. Yeah, I've enjoyed yours. The, the two episodes that y'all got out, I enjoyed both of those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're um we're kind of getting it figured out um. Cause I got this one and then I got the KS one I produced for, um, the owner of the, that call company and, um, it's going pretty good. He knows like, it's just crazy. The people he freaking knows. I mean, I mean, we had a guy who was like a small mouth champion last week and then I don't know who the next one is. Cause he knows like, I mean, he, he's got Rick Dunn's cell phone number. So I don't think we'll ever have Rick Dunn on there, but I mean, he just where they're in the call business. They did the call competitions. They just know everyone. It's one of those things. Right. Yeah. A good, it's a good group to be in with for sure. Mm-hmm. And y'all need to get down here for Wings Over the Prairie Festival. Yeah, see the Main Street World and and see Stuttgart. It's a it's pretty, it's a big event. It's a, it's a happening thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, that's something I'm definitely, I definitely want to do. Like, especially trying to get them now that I'm handling their media side. That I'm trying to get them to do more, post more often, do more stuff, keep photos coming, videos, you know, all that fun stuff that. um Who's the guy who's helping you? Like I don't know if he's helping you guys or, but does the media work with you guys? Um, is it Muddyfoot? Oh, Caleb, Caleb Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muddyfoot Outdoors. Yeah, man. He, um, yeah, I'd love to talk to him sometime. Just talk about. I just love talking like media when it comes to like cameras, video, photos, all that fun stuff. Yeah, he'd be the one to talk to. Real quick, um, are y'all going to Easton? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I think he is. I don't know if I am. Are y'all going? I, I was going to go this year, and it just turned out to where to where we can't. But next year, planning to go next year. But it's going to be a big event this year for sure. It's like their 50th or some anniversary this year. So they've got they've got a bunch of stuff going. Yeah, and if you can get up next year and go to the Squad Fest, that was a, yeah, that was a big time last year. Yeah, my buddy wants it. He's like trying to talk me to go on the Squad Fest next year. But it's supposed to be – it's like in the middle of July now, which is like a horrible time for me. I think they moved it. Yeah, to, they moved it to even hotter. Yeah, it's like July seventeenth. Plenty hot last year. Was the date of it? Oh, I mean, yeah, because that yep. was one. I think. Um, I think I am going to Harrisburg. Is that is that where they're at? That ten day show. Ooh, I don't know about that one. I think it's in Maryland or Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's like a ten day long show. I, I'm going to try to go up for a couple of days of that with KES, and then I don't know if they're going to go back to the um, Ohio has one. Um, how like outdoor show or something i don't know i went to it mm. i went and i went to it two years ago three years ago i don't know covid's got everything so screwed up um yep but like it it was it was packed i mean the the part that would have been hilarious that would caleb would love with the dog training was they had a dog jumping thing and <laughs> i mean it was just hilarious to see the dogs that was entered in it or the dogs that was outside walking around like 70 and 80 like i mean there were a couple like 80 pound like six month old labs walking around i'm like yeah that thing needs to lose a little bit of weight (laughs) (laughs) they've got a bunch of different breed dogs like the lab the labs is what originally were doing the those long jumping contests but now it's like 
German shepherds and all these. Yeah, those. Uh, uh, what is it? Malligators. Mal- yeah, what I, yeah, yeah, what yeah. I always hear them called it. Yeah, those things are just very athletic. Yeah, I remember when they done that the sport yeah. dog jumping deal. Yeah, like when it first came out, it was. It was like all labs, and then all of a sudden, everybody was bringing anything that could jump to it. So it's fun to watch, though. I yeah. like watching them jump. Yeah, but they weren't very many athletic dogs. Was the bad part about it? There was like one or two, and I mean, it was some of them didn't. I don't even know some of them knew how to swim. I was like, oh my gosh, I got a Yorkie that can jump further than that. <laughs> I brought my corgi out here. I want to see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I like talk dog training with Caleb too. I mean, that's something that I mean, I don't. I don't know what all, like how his system fully works. Cause I've only heard him talk about it a little bit on y'all's podcast, but that's something that I've gotten pretty interested in is the, the different techniques and stuff. I would definitely talk dogs. Tyler's trained dogs too. Yeah. yeah I've done, I've done a little bit of it for sure. <laughs> a little bit of it. I mean, I've, but yeah, I, man, we'll get, we'll get back with you and, and talk about, you know, talk offline about when we get Caleb on with you and we'll, we'll touch on some other stuff. Yeah. Cause I've actually, I followed the, I did like the Freddie King thing, which I'm still in it which, I mean, it's $60 a year, and I get access to all kinds of stuff. Plus, you get entered to win a freaking hunt with Freddie King like three times a year, so you might as well be in it, pay 60 bucks for it. Um, but uh, Be worth it. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, I think he's gave away, I've seen him give away, like, Benelli shotguns and stuff in there. I'm like, crap. Like, I don't, I mean, this is, like, worth buying a raffle ticket, but I've trained two now through his program, and they've, they've turned out pretty well. Um, the one, she's a year and a half now, and she'll get to have... She's going to hunt Saturday with me, and she's kind of the newer one, kind of the not as – she's the more athletic one, but not the more natural as far as just being birdie as the – her. I have her mom also. So she's a year and a half old, and, and this will be her first season? Yeah, this will be her first season because last season I took her some, but, like, it wasn't one of those – it was one of those things where it just took her to let her have the experience in it and just get to sit around and watch and just learn not to run around like crazy and sit beside me and hang out and <laughs> – because <laughs> I'm half the battle, I'm terrified. Oh, I'm terrified to be the guy who has the dog that doesn't set still. That will be me this year. <laughs> I will have the dog that everybody hates. <laughs> well, goose hunting. I mean, what 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 color is she? Uh, I have a a chocolate a chocolate, and then I have the yellow is the uh the pup. Put her some black wings on her and just let her run around out there and look like a goose running around on the ground. Oh my God. She, she, would, she, would, I, she would do that too. That's the bad part. If I probably love her. I heard, and I don't know if y'all do this over there, but any, for us, Arkansas guys, anytime we saw goose hunters, they were always wearing a hoodie. Now, why every, is it a, a deal for goose hunters to wear a hoodie? And then I talked to somebody who did it and they're like, well, yeah, we wear a certain color hoodie. That way when we're out there running in the decoys, like a black hoodie, it looks like a goose is moving around in the decoys instead of if we were just wearing camo, it would look weird. Like, well, that's kind of smart. <laughs> Makes sense. I've never thought of that. Do y'all do that? That's smart, but we don't do that. I mean, I try not to be running yeah. around in the decoys at times. Well, I mean, like chasing birds after you have yeah. a big rain out or something or another. Yeah, I mean, well, something that I've done this year, which I know it's helped with that, um, with that pup, especially because she's got a couple of retrieves now already this season, and just like doing the Freddie King thing where you just shoot it and make sure it's dead. I carry I carry like a bunch of the cheap Winchester shells to finish stuff off and just make sure it's dead. Yeah, because if you're hunting water and you get you get a big a big goose that's not dead, I mean they'll they'll try to climb up on the ground them for sure. Mm-hmm. Almost run the dog like that one time. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't ruin my older one and on the higher I didn't pay attention and 
Maybe let her swim the wrong direction towards the wrong bank off the point of an island. So that was almost bad. Oh, no. <laughs> it was foggy. So, yeah, it was a learning experience for me. Not as much for her. Man, working, taking a dog with you, that's, that's just, I don't know. I enjoy watching the dogs work just as much as I do shooting ducks. So they are they are a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, we took, um, like when I went down there last year, like all the guys I went with, they're like, are you going to bring your one dog? I'm like, I yes, I can. I mean, I mean, two of you got to ride in the back, back of the seat with her all the way down and all the way back because I don't have a kennel for her, and she's not going to like riding in a kennel if I get one. So she's going to be in the back seat with you guys, so it doesn't bother me. But, I mean, she rode, she rode all the way down, all the way back. She's, I think she slept most of the time in someone else's bed. It wasn't even my bed she slept on when we were down there. But, I mean, she's, I've had her now for uh, four years. She was a wedding gift my wife and me bought. And, um... She kind of got, she, I got her the second season and she kind of got to learn how the duck hunt with us. So um, we didn't shoot anything for two years. So she kind of just learned how to lay around and watch shit fly away after guns go off or watch shit fly <laughs> or the worst part, watch shit fly away when it just like, as soon as we hit a call and be like, Oh, those aren't the real thing. But yeah, she's uh she's turned out to be a really good dog. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll build, that'll build a dog being steady for sure. Just sitting there a lot. Yeah, and that's, that's what I tried to do with that pup. Something's going to fall and every time you, the gun goes off. Yeah, so yeah. a couple guys I sold the pups to out of her. I was like, hey, like, well, I don't know if I'm going to take them. I mean, they were they had been seven months old when season came in. I was like, I'd take them. I was like, take them, let them sit beside you. Don't let them retrieve anything. Just let them get used to, like, setting still. I was like, that's half the battle. I was like, you win that battle. I was like, you've got them. You got it made on training. But, man, guys, thanks. Dude, thanks a bunch for being on here. This has been awesome. I mean... A lot of information that I didn't know and a lot of information about Arkansas. That's just stuff that I'm trying to learn as we go on. Yeah, man, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll definitely get back together again and do it again. Yeah. Um, before we hop off here, let's, um, why don't you, um, you, uh, let everybody know what y'all is like, where they can find your podcast at, where they can find your Instagram. I think you guys have a Facebook page and all that stuff. Yeah, man, you can find us a uh, podcast in pretty much anywhere now. Uh, podcast apple apple podcast uh podbean pretty much any of them and uh instagram off the x podcast same thing on facebook and uh i think that's it caleb's caleb's the guy that in the cover all that stuff <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's it <laughs> i mean the best part about it is the name off the x like as soon as i read that in like the first episode i was like oh my god this is genius i mean that is the- <laughs> well, thank you yeah I mean, I was just, I'm actually, yeah, when we, I'm when we were coming up with it, we were like, man, we are not on the X. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, this, I think Tyler was the one that came up with it. <laughs> I mean, it, it needs to be like in a video, like that's how you can, like a video telling how you come up with it. And it ought to be why you're hunting and you're not killing anything. That's how the idea yeah, came up. <laughs> it literally came up one day. We're sitting there thinking, man, we're fixing to beat the brakes off of them. And, and it was just a slow day and we were sitting there BS and beside a tree and we're like, man, let's do, let's do the podcast and just do it for the everyday average guy who is not always on the birds and who don't hunt private ground every day. And, you know, just the weekend warriors basically. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing with our podcast. I mean, it's, there's very few podcasts out there that are the average Joe podcast. I feel like anymore, you got a lot of the, the bigger name guys and the more, high end what I'd say guides and all that stuff that have their podcast now, but there's not very many that are the guys who fail, you know, 70% of the time and get success about 30% of the time. Yeah. It makes those days that you really get into them that much more sweeter for sure. Really does. 
Yeah, well, man, guys, I can't thank you enough for being on here. I mean, this has been awesome. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, man. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. We'll see you. Bye. See well, everybody, that's going to wrap us up here. I mean, we've been going for about an hour and 51 minutes. That was that's pretty awesome time just talk, talking to those guys. I mean, they they have a lot of knowledge on Arkansas and what's going on down there. I think we had a little trouble there at the start with um some audio, which I don't know what that was about. But, man, I mean, it turned from finding out, you know, what's really going on, what the real reason and why they're saying they're doing everything down in Arkansas to just, you know, total total BS session, which is what we're all about here. So, you know, we'll catch you guys next time. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts.